Suddenly, I can't face the new family that is taking over my farm. I hate to seem impolite, but right now I'll break down if I talk to them, and I don't want my sadness to mar their happiness. I waved to the family coming up the drive, trying to hold a smile through my tears. Climbing in the wagon, I whisper a hoarse, Let's go, to John. He hesitates on the reins, but I nod my head forward. I can't stop to talk to them. I'm leaving my home of thirty-five years, and I have a huge lump in my throat. It's better to leave with my head up while I still can. Wednesday, May 28, 1856. Dear Phoebe, The war between the two factions has hit home. Mary's brother, John Jones, was killed on the 18th of this month. Three Southerners stopped at the store at Blanton's Bridge, looking for Blanton. The store owner saw them coming and hid, leaving John and another young man in the shack. The men harassed John, but told him he could leave if he left his gun behind. John did so, loaded up the sack of flour he had come for, and headed to his claim that is a mile and a half south of the bridge. Before John got two rods from the store, one of the men shot him in the back. Mrs. Blanton dragged John into her house to try to save him. Bridge heard the shot, for he lives next to Blanton, and ran over to help. Unfortunately, John died that night. Phoebe, this is not what I anticipated when we decided to move to Kansas. My family should be cultivating our homesteads, not hiding in the timber, holding a gun bead on every stranger that passes by. Meanwhile, the men are tortured with anxiety and guilt, for their young wives and children are home alone to contend with the threats of murder and arson. I loathe the anger that is building up in my heart. It is unchristian to hate your fellow man, but I quit praying to save ruffian souls after I saw my neighbor's husband murdered and her home burned. How can someone do that to another soul? How would the ruffians feel if these were their families being threatened? Is that what they are afraid of? That we will raid Missouri and ravage their families and farms if they don't get rid of us first? Thursday, June 30th, 1859. Dear Phoebe, We lost Deborah Peratt to consumption on the 26th. She died one day short of her 20th wedding anniversary. Over the spring months, she wasted away to nothing. Finally, there was no more air in her lungs to sustain her. It is sad that so many pioneer women fight so many battles to keep their families safe and then die of a disease that no amount of fighting will defeat. John Peratt has distanced himself from the family in his grief and is ignoring his children. The boys, ages 18 to 13, spend most of their time at the store or in the field. Sarah, being the oldest girl at 11, must care for the three younger ones and manage the household. Yesterday, Lucinda and her sister Nancy Shields and I went over to their house, trying to get the home organized for the Pirat girls. 
I'm sure Deborah turned over in her grave, because we found the house to be in an unclean state, but it couldn't be helped. Everything from cellar shelves to bedding was cleaned and put back in order. Nancy volunteered to check on the girls every week to make sure they are coping with the household chores. Before I left, Sarah handed me an envelope. On the outside was written, Margaret, please take care of this after I'm gone. Thank you for being such a good neighbor and friend. She was trying to tell me something in code, but I did not understand her plea until I shook the envelope. Stopping by the Wakarusa on my way home, I sprinkled violet seeds on her grave and watered them with my tears, missing my dear neighbors near and far, Margaret.